listening to the Unlocking Business Growth Podcast with Nola Heal. Welcome to the Unlocking Business Growth Podcast. I'm your host, Nola Heal. Today, I'm excited to welcome a guest I've known for several years. Wendy Jufree is the president and principal consultant of Wendy Ellen Inc., a local human resource consulting firm working with small to mid-sized businesses of all industries based in and around Western Canada and their U.S. affiliates. Wendy, who has 30 years of practical HR experience, is co-author of the book, The Only HR Best Practice You'll Ever Need, a grassroots and practical approach to what leaders and HR teams often overcomplicate dealing with their people. Wendy formalized her firm in 2005 and has been growing since. As a human resource generalist, she has touched all areas of HR with a specific interest and expertise in employee relations, HR infrastructure, management advisory, group benefits, employee ombudsman, organizational strategy and structure, and career transition. Wendy is a grassroots HR practitioner and believes in simplified processes and brings back the human in human resources. She manages to gain trust and respect from both staff and management to allow for HR processes to happen. Welcome, Wendy. Thank you for joining us today. Thank you. To get us started, I wonder if you could give us a little bit of background beyond the bio. What brought you to starting the Wendy Ellen service? Well, it's a it's a very long story, and I won't go into the, the long, long story, but I worked for a good 15 years at a major oil and gas um, company in the HR department. actually started out doing technical writing with that company, um, and then with, you know, the one of the the first big downturns that I've ever experienced, they um, got rid of some of those ancillary departments and I was moved into human resources at that time. So had a really, um, really good training in really kind of the, what we considered back then, they were called the hard sides of HR, which doesn't mean they were difficult, but it was more the policy, compensation, pension benefits area. So worked with that company for 15 years and then went out to um, work with my now ex-husband and his financial advisory uh, firm growing the group benefits side of that business. So what I found out was that people that needed um, the the businesses that I was working with, that small to mid-sized business, um, also needed some HR advice along with um, the group benefits that we were working with. So I formalized that business model back in 2005 and came, that's when Wendy Ellen Inc. was born. So it's really looking at a full service model to those small to mid-sized businesses, um, encompassing everything from, you know, where I started with the, the benefits and the, the comp and the policy to all aspects of, of human resource management. Absolutely fantastic. That is really, really interesting. It's quite amazing what gives rise to uh, one's service um, personality in our companies. So over the years, since you've been in business for many years, are there any particular uh, techniques or secrets that you've used to unlock your business growth along the way? 
Well, it's, I mean, that's a really good question. I wish I had a stock, you know, one sentence answer to that. But I think like most people that have grown a business, there isn't one. I think at the beginning, it was just scrambling to find clients, just like anybody. It's, you know, you take one contract that grows to two, that grows to three. But I think my first big step was realizing that I only have so many hours in my day. And I brought on um, another consultant who's actually the co-author of my book as well. Um, and that is also kind of an interesting story because she was my nanny when my kids were in school. She was my after school nanny. And so while she was doing that, going to university, she did a little bit of project work for me. And um, of course, she ended up leaving as a nanny, of course, and went to work at another oil and gas. And then a few years later, uh, joined me as my first consultant. So that's, you know, that's the step, I think, to growth in any business is understanding where you need help and you can't do everything yourself. So and what we always talk about, it's it seems to be when you meet that right person to join your team, the work follows. And it's kind of been that way, um, which I don't know if it's luck. I don't know if it's fate. I don't know what it is. Or I'm just going to maybe say it's it's good decision making. <laughs> so I'll leave it at that. But yeah, that's just really how I um, one thing is, is just finding the right people, finding the right people to manage your um, website was another big one for me. Once I, I found that um, the business grew from that perspective of, as well. And I think the other key to unlocking uh, the potential is really networking. Um, I can never say enough about networking to my career transition clients that I work with, especially Calgary, Alberta, you know, in the Alberta market. It's really who you know and how many people you know and feeling comfortable to reach out to those people to grow your network and really let them know what you do. And that's a big, big source of clients and um, consultants and, and just general business knowledge. Absolutely. That, that is really interesting and just so indicative that people are so core to all of these these factors. I would think you are counseling your clients as well that networking during this lockdown phase is still critically important, but obviously needs to be done a slightly different way. Yeah, it's true. Um, uh, you know, I, as a matter of fact, I had this discussion. I was doing some um, stay interviews with a client and you know, one of the things that some of the employees felt was was missing and very hard to do is when they were walking, used to walk through the plus 15s, those kinds of things downtown, running into some of their colleagues from other companies and sitting down and grabbing a coffee and just really catching up on what's, uh, you know, new in the industry or who's new in the industry and what's going on. So I think that is a big piece. Anybody that's kind of walked around the plus 15s and in Calgary can attest to the fact that there's a lot of informal business done and, and, and business connections made. And I think that's hard to replicate. It really is because, uh, you know, there's a lot of networking events virtual and they're great. Um, but it's just kind of that um, chance meeting that it, it is a bit hard to replicate. So I think there's going to be a lot of uh, buzz again downtown once people get get back to normalcy of, of work life where they can run into people, shake their hand, give them a hug and grab a coffee. Because yeah. that's definitely something that I think people are lacking. 
Oh, so true. I mean, at the end of the day, we are very social animals and the Calgary uh, business community, it's an absolute hive of activity in those plus 15s. And it's, it's quite amazing how much contact and business is actually conducted in that informal manner in the plus 15s. So Yeah. yeah, something that we're all looking forward to being able to engage in again as we move forward. Yeah. For sure, yeah. yeah. Um, so what trends do you see impacting us over the next three to five years? You know, I think, personally, I think three to five years might be a bit of a, a stretch nowadays. <laughs> Even in, <laughs> in strategic planning, I think, uh, gosh, if you could look out six to 18 months, you're doing well. But I think, obviously, it's talked about everywhere you look, one of the biggest trends is going to be more uh, telecommuting work from home options for employees. I mean, you know, there actually, I, I really wish I could recall the number, but it's, I think it's only in the 30% of roles that can actually be done from a home office. So even though we talk about it a lot, well, the grand majority of roles cannot be done from a home office, but um, I think we're going to see a push uh, from employees to uh, look for more flexibility in a hybrid model of working from home and working from the office. I think people are realizing the amount of time they've spent on the road, um, it, you know, it sort of in in meetings where they don't necessarily have to be the, the uh, you know, the water cooler chit chat, which I think is very valuable, but probably a little, you know, a bit of productivity lost there. Mm-hmm. And the other thing too is just, the ability to um, deal with childcare issues, those kinds of things as they come up, not a COVID situation, but a normal day-to-day life. So I think that's going to be a big trend. I think the other trend, which, um, you know, would be beneficial to a business like mine is the, um, the use of outsourcing a little bit more. So people don't carry that burden of a staff. And then they they can use an outsourced service as it as the need ebbs and flows with the business. So I think we're going to see a little bit more of that as people had to drastically figure out what to do with their permanent employees over this COVID situation and has cost companies a fair amount of money. So I think those are, as far as I can see, a couple of the bigger trends that, you know, I can speak to in my industry. Absolutely. Yeah. And I, I mean, I'd certainly, certainly agree with those trends. I think there's been an enormous blending and growth in awareness, uh, just generally, of people's personal as well as their business lives. And that the, because there has been a, a, an element of forced merging of those lives, I think people have also become more aware that it's not entirely possible to comp- always compartmentalize one's life or to expect your employees to necessarily compartmentalize their lives. And where our business environment previously was very inclined to feel that the working hours were working hours. You were meant to be in the office and you couldn't possibly work from home or work in an after hours uh, time slot. There I've noticed an increase in willingness to accommodate more flexibility. Have you seen that in your clients? Yeah, I have seen that. Um, I've seen a lot of that. 
And I hope that trend continues. A little bit on the flip side to that, though, one of the one of the trends too that is affecting people, um, you know, their mental health, their their work, uh, their work life integration is really it's more difficult to uh, split up your workday and your personal day when you're working from home if you're not used to it and if you don't have a dedicated office space. So I'm hearing that as well. Um, you know, I've had a home office for 20 years as well as I do have downtown space, but I've had a uh, home office as well. And I can shut the door um, so I don't see it, even though I always know it's there, but I've grown accustomed to that world. But people that have their computer, their files um, sitting on their, you know, their little desk in their kitchen nook or wherever in their bedroom, which is definitely not a great idea. Yeah. Um, it makes it hard to differentiate those two worlds. So yeah. I think, you know, if, if with this trend continuing, I think there'll be more focus on proper workspace. And even one of my uh, uh, colleagues who owns a office furniture, they're saying there's such a demand now for it's, you know, obviously from a revenue standpoint, it's not as great um, as a, a company ordering office furniture, but the, the demand for, for innovative home office furnishings is, is really changed a bit of the way they do their business. Very so interesting, a new niche right? for them. Yeah, I mean, there's Murphy beds, now there's Murphy desks. So it's kind of, yeah, it's... it's that is it? Yeah. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> yeah, and, I mean, I, th I think, you know, that's going to become a real, a real interesting... Um, uh, sort of trend. I think it'll be seeing what can be done to to help split that up a little bit so people can really leave their work. Yes, yes, because that is the important thing. It's We yeah. can't move into a society that expects the employees to be working 24-7 or available yeah. to work 24-7 yeah. just because oh, they work from home. Yeah, that's a problem. And the other, you know, the other trend that we're going to be seeing hopefully it'll be short-lived is there's going to be a lot of companies with a lot of vacation liability on their books going into 2021 because people haven't taken vacation. It's kind of no point. They're at home, they're working. They, nobody's traveled anywhere for the most part. Um, so a lot of my clients are saying, what do we do with the vacation that's built up on the books? It's, and it's a tricky one because in some yeah. cases, these companies have needed those employees to work that additional exactly. time as well. It's not just that, People weren't taking vacation because they were going nowhere. They were busy. Yeah. Oh, yeah, 100%. So, there, I mean, there are lots of options for that. So, um, you know, there's definitely ways to, to manage that process. But it is something that, you know, has come to the forefront as a lot of companies approach year end and looking at that liability on their books. Yes. Yes, a, a, mm -hmm. a big um, item to be aware of as well. Mm -hmm. So from both a, a, a client and an employee perspective, are there any particular uh, characteristics or factors that you believe make some successful while others really struggle? That's a really good question. I, I think um, I can look inward on this. I think some of it is uh, always wanting to maintain the control. So I think a big piece that some business owners or leaders, 
even though it sounds good of, you know, having staff delegating that kind of stuff, a lot of people are reluctant to do so. And I think, you know, I, I, what I never get sayings actually right. I always mess them up, but it's, you know, a good leader surrounds themselves with better people. Right. So I think, I think that's, um, I think that's a real key and, and knowing when to put your faith and trust in your team. And, and I know for me personally, um, that's always been a struggle and I have a phenomenal team. I'm just such a self-proclaimed control freak that sometimes I have to really check myself at the door. And I think, you know, good leadership and good business growth, you have to trust in your team and know that you've chosen the right people. Makes a lot of sense. But I mean, by the same token, that realistically is a characteristic of a significant number of our very successful business people because they did control things. But yeah, it does it does become a self-fulfilling limiting prophecy eventually yeah. if one isn't able to delegate effectively to a strong and effective team. So. Exactly, yeah. So are there any particular items that worry or excite you about the future as we move forward here into our post, hopefully post-COVID yeah. <laughs> lifestyle? Um, I think... I think there's there's something on both sides. I think the worry, just like any other small business owner, is um, you know I'm very confident that my business is going to make it through. We've we've done thank goodness well through this, but I think of course the worry is the future of small business. Um, I, I read ninety eight percent of um, Alberta's small business, so. I think it was just Alberta. I don't think, I think it was just Alberta that was that exact number. That's a huge number. And that's, you know, um, I always, I'm always concerned top of my mind, making sure I have work for my consultants and that sort of thing. So I think that's a worry for small business um, owners in Alberta is the, the go forward position. And with the state of the economy in Alberta, you know, what's the tax situation going to look like? All that stuff. Um, on the exciting side, I think just a little bit on what I was saying before, we've kind of embarked on a, a new era of, of what we used to know as the workday. So I think that's exciting from an HR perspective of how we can bring more flexibility, bring more autonomy, um, uh, you know, sort of self-motivation, all those great things, how we can uh, really use the experience of this past year. So even though everybody wants to forget it, I hope there's a few key lessons learned, um, not only from companies' perspectives, but also individuals that, you know, they do value going to the office where everybody, you know, you think of it as like, oh, work from home, that's phenomenal. But people are missing going to the office. They're missing that connection. So I think it's going to be exciting to see how we can put together a real hybrid workforce. So you get a bit of both, uh, best of both worlds. And I think that suits all generations, not only, you know, the gen wires, but all the millennials and even the tail end of the baby boomers who are on the other end of their career would that need that flexibility potentially for other reasons. So that's exciting. It makes a lot of sense that, uh, yeah, you know, I think there's some really good and some really bad learnings out of this 2020 year that um, um, people are, as we're 
approaching the end of the year, people are starting to look back and say that there was a lot that was bad about the year, but there are a tremendous number of items that they feel they really have benefited from and would mm-hmm. like to move those forward into the new year. Mm-hmm. So, and let's comment. face it, there was no, there was no um, policy template for what to do this year. <laughs> there was oh. no playbook. And I, you know, I think even Kenny had said it yesterday in his address, it's like he would have done things differently. But there, there were people, you know, everybody, employers, government, everybody was just doing the best they could with the information they had at the time. So I think there's a lot, I think, I hope everybody from an organizational standpoint looks back this, at this year and says, well, what did we do really well? What could we have done differently? And I think a big learning out of this too is the importance of communication and team and making sure you keep your team engaged and so, communicated too. You know, um, communication is so absolutely critical and I am inclined to agree that that is one of the items that a lot of people have learned that their communication was pretty lacking prior to this, that um, they thought people discovered things by osmosis and they've had to learn the skill of communicating effectively and efficiently. Yes. Awesome. So do you have any thoughts that you'd want to leave us with other than what the items we've already discussed? You know, I have to look at the situation and I, I keep instilling this into my team is that we also have to be grateful for the skill sets that we have and what we can accomplish when push comes to shove and how important, you know, of course, family is important, but also your, your, team and those working relationships. And I think through this, by being forced to be a part, I think people recognize that even more so. So I think it's just being grateful. And I think that's a bit of an overused word sometimes too, but just being, you know, thinking that way as to, you know, hopefully whether your business necessarily managed to make it through COVID, um, you know, there's, there's new starts and, this has brought about new ideas and new leaders and new teams. And I think it's just that, that we have to keep in mind. There's, there's another door to open. Very valuable. Thank you for that. So how, if uh, listeners want to contact you or to learn more about um, Wendy Ellen, how, and your services, how can they get hold of you? Yeah. So on my website's really the best. Um, it's uh, wendyelleninc.ca so that's the best way to get a hold of me there is an inquiry um, piece on there where um, it will come directly to my email and any inquiry and we can if anybody's interested we can have a further discussion from there but there's a lot of information on the website there's a newsletter people can sign up, up for that we try to put some relevant content in we just sent one out that talks about some fun um, Christmas ideas to do with your team that when you can't get together, as most people will be canceled their Christmas party. So we try and do something relevant, fun. And um, so, yeah, there's a lot of information on the website, but definitely that would be the best way uh, to get in touch with me. And we'll link that up in the, the show notes as well for those who okay. are not able to make a note at the moment. 
And as we mentioned at the beginning of the interview, you have co-authored a book, mm -hmm. The Only HR Best Practice You'll Ever Need. If people are interested in obtaining a copy of that, where can they go for that? They can, they can go to my website too. We have uh, an HR products tab and that book's on there. Oh, fantastic. Yeah. Really easy. It's easy. And there's, a, there's either a PDF or a hard copy. Fantastic. That, that does make it very easy. So, yeah. yes, absolutely. That book's full of, you know, I've had some great comments. There's some funny, funny stories in that book, too, of just real things that we've experienced that we just had to share. <laughs> Something for everybody to look yeah. forward to. I would think yeah. you see and experience some really interesting, amusing, <laughs> and educational items for in sure. your HR career. Yeah, for sure. So thank you very much for joining us today, Wendy. That was really enlightening. Thanks so much, Nola. You too. It was my pleasure. The Unlocking Business Growth Podcast is sponsored by Protea Consulting Professional Corporation. We help our clients achieve the business growth and success they are capable of. They innovate and strategically anticipate, fine-tune their highest impact business variables, and regularly exceed aggressive growth and cash flow targets. If you would like to know more, here are four ways you can help energize your business growth. Number one, subscribe to the Unlocking Business Growth podcast to hear from other companies that have overcome growth hurdles they have experienced. Hit the subscribe button in your podcast app right now or go to proteaconsulting.ca slash podcast. Number two, get your free copy of NOLA's latest book, The 5F Strategy, Bottom Line Growth in Any Economy Without Additional Sales and Marketing to discover her proven strategies for growth. Go to proteaconsulting.ca slash book. Number three, download a copy of the Financial Growth Scorecard to assess your current status and what to work on next on your growth journey. Go to proteaconsulting.ca slash growth. Number four, work with us to achieve the growth and success your company is truly capable of. To find out if we're a fit, email nola at info at proteaconsulting.ca or send us a note on the website at proteaconsulting.ca slash contact.